This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Leslie Van Houten? Leslie Van Houten was born in Altadena, California on August 23, 1949. She had an older brother and her parents adopted two children. When Leslie was 14, her parents divorced. At the age of 15, she started using LSD. She ran away from home for a while. Leslie said that her mother commanded her to get an abortion after she became pregnant at age 17. After this, Leslie felt intense anger for her mother and felt detached from her. Leslie decided to become a hippie, which was not an uncommon career choice in California in the 1960s. She moved to a commune in Northern California before living with three other women. One of those women left to join a commune operated by a man named Charles Manson. Leslie decided to go with her. The members of Charles Manson's commune would eventually become known as the Manson family. The commune was based at a place called Spawn Ranch. This was a 55-acre ranch which had been used to shoot movies. Charles Manson controlled the members of the commune completely. He would order them to have sex with him and various other people. He told them when they would eat and sleep. He would lecture the members on his beliefs at every meal. He tried to convince them that he was a hippie, but in reality, Charles Manson was a dangerous criminal. The members of the Manson family used excessive quantities of LSD. Leslie would later say that she used so much LSD, she could not understand people who lived in a non-psychedelic reality. Now moving to the timeline of the crime. Just after midnight on August 9, 1969, four members of the Manson family drove to Benedict Canyon, California, with the intent of committing homicide. The members were Tex Watson, Susan Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkle, and Linda Kasabian. The group parked their vehicle near a house occupied by a woman named Sharon Tate and four of her friends. Sharon Tate was a popular actress and the wife of film director Roman Polanski. She was eight and a half months pregnant at this time. Linda Kasabian waited outside while the other three individuals murdered all five people. It is believed that Charles Manson ordered his followers to kill the occupants of the house where Sharon Tate lived because of a dispute he had with a previous renter of the house. Leslie Van Houten was not involved in the murders of Sharon Tate and her friends. The next night, however, Leslie did participate in a horrible crime. She accompanied the four perpetrators from the night before, as well as Charles Manson and a man named Stephen Grogan. The group of seven made their way to the house of a married couple named Leno and Rosemary LaBianca. The perpetrators offered different accounts about what happened next. It appears as though Charles Manson and Tex Watson entered the house first and tied up the victims. Then Leslie Van Houten and Patricia Krenwinkel entered the house. Susan Atkins, Stephen Grogan, and Linda Kasabian did not actively participate in the crime. They left the scene with Charles Manson, allegedly to commit another murder, although that murder never happened. After Charles Manson and the other three members of the Manson family left, 
Tex Watson stabbed Leno LaBianca several times with a bayonet. Leslie and Patricia were in a bedroom with Rosemary as this was happening. Leslie held Rosemary down while Patricia stabbed her several times. Tex Watson then entered the room and stabbed Rosemary with the bayonet before returning to continue his attack on her husband. Leslie then stabbed Rosemary about 16 times. It is believed that Rosemary was already dead when Leslie started stabbing her. Eventually, all the perpetrators were arrested. The trial covered both the Sharon Tate and the LaBianca murders. Leslie Van Houten was tried along with Charles Manson, Susan Atkins, and Patricia Krenwinkel. Tex Watson was tried separately. Leslie was not charged in connection with the murder of Sharon Tate and her friends. During the trial, Leslie appeared to be overly casual. She laughed during some of the testimony about the victims. When called to the stand, Leslie admitted her role in the murders and said that Charles Manson was not involved at all. It seemed clear that Charles Manson had tremendous influence over his co-defendants, including Leslie. At one point, he carved an X on his forehead, and his co-defendants did the same thing. Leslie had several attorneys who tried to help her, pointing out that Charles Manson had control over her. She dismissed three defense attorneys in a row. Leslie was convicted of murder on March 29, 1971. Just like her behavior earlier in the trial, Leslie did not help herself during the sentencing phase. She told a mental health clinician a few things that really hurt her case. For example, she claimed that she beat her adopted sister when they were younger, and she would have been sentenced to jail for manslaughter or assault with a deadly weapon, even if she never met Charles Manson. When asked by her attorney if she felt remorse, she said you can't undo something that is done. She also said that sorry was a five-letter word. Leslie made it clear that Rosemary LaBianca was not dead when she stabbed her, and that one of the stab wounds she personally inflicted may have actually been the one that killed her victim. In reality, as I mentioned, it appears as though Rosemary was actually dead when Leslie stabbed her. Leslie Van Houten was sentenced to death. She was the youngest woman ever sentenced to death in the state of California. A later case heard in the California Supreme Court would invalidate all death sentences imposed in the state prior to 1972, meaning that Leslie's death sentence was commuted to life in prison. She was technically eligible for parole after seven years. In 1977, Leslie was granted a retrial due to ineffective counsel during her trial. For a short time in 1978, Leslie was free on bail. She even attended the Oscars as a guest of an acquaintance. Bob Hope hosted the Oscars, and Woody Allen, Diane Keaton, and Richard Dreyfuss were among the winners that year. I imagine it was so unreal for her to be there, she had to slap herself to confirm she wasn't dreaming. In those days, of course, you had to do it yourself. There was no actor who would come up and do it for you. During Leslie's retrial, she allowed her lawyers to mount a more vigorous defense. They said that she could not think rationally because Charles Manson had her under his control and she was using a lot of LSD. They were not arguing that she was completely innocent, but rather that she had diminished responsibility. Apparently, this defense made a powerful impression on the jury. They were torn between first-degree murder and manslaughter and could not reach a verdict. The prosecution was rattled by the mistrial. They had concerns that the diminished responsibility argument could be successful. They decided to switch to another tactic. 
During the first trial, the prosecution said that robbery was not a motive in the murders, but now they were changing their story. Some food, clothing, and a small amount of money was taken from the LaBianca house. If Leslie had committed robbery, the felony murder rule would apply. So if the jury believed that she did commit the robbery, she was on the hook for the murder automatically. Leslie was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Interestingly, the prosecution specifically stated that it would be appropriate for Leslie to be released one day. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. <sighs> I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download. American Vigilante, now. Leslie's attitude changed quite a bit in prison. She claimed to be sorry for her crimes. Her value system has been modified. She takes responsibility for committing the murders and is no longer a fan of Charles Manson. Despite her change in attitude, Leslie Van Houten has been repeatedly denied parole. At her 13th parole hearing, the parole board declared her to be an unreasonable risk of danger to society. In 2013, when she was denied for the 20th time, the board said that she failed to explain how someone with her intelligence and good background could have committed cruel and atrocious murders. In April 2016, the parole board granted Leslie's request to be released but Governor Jerry Brown rejected this recommendation. He suggested that the extraordinary brutal nature of the crimes and her inability to explain her participation could not be overlooked. She continued to represent an unacceptable risk to society. Leslie was recommended for parole four more times over the next few years, and the recommendations were overruled each time. As of the time of making this video, the last rejection was by Governor Gavin Newsom on March 29, 2022. Now moving to my analysis. The Manson family murders involved two separate events of murder. The murders of Sharon Tate and her four friends and the LaBianca murders. Not everyone who actively participated in one murder actively participated in the other. Susan Atkins was only convicted of murder in connection with the Tate murders. Leslie Van Houten was only convicted in connection with the LaBianca murders. Charles Manson, Tex Watson, and Patricia Krenwinkel were convicted in connection with both murders. The Tate murders and the LaBianca murders have become tied together in people's minds. They are even referred to as the Tate-LaBianca murders, which reinforces this incorrect notion 
that all the Manson family members actively participated in both crimes. All five defendants were initially sentenced to death and had their sentences commuted to life in prison. Susan Atkins died in 2009 after being denied parole 14 times. Charles Manson died in 2017. He had been denied parole 12 times. Tex Watson was denied parole 17 times. The last time was in 2021. Patricia Krenwinkel has been denied 14 times, most recently in 2017. And Leslie Van Houten has been denied a total of 22 times, although she has been approved for parole the last five times. She can't make it past the governor. The Tate-LaBianca murders left a powerful impression on society. They are among the most notorious murders ever committed and have been featured in many different media products. It is believed they contributed to the rise of satanic panic, which is a predecessor to cancel culture. Even though parole boards have been willing to look at each person individually and view Leslie Van Houten as acceptable for release, the two governors that rejected the recommendations just can't separate Leslie from the rest of the killers. I think there's this idea that the Manson family operates as a unit. To release one member is to release all of them. It's letting them all win. It's rewarding antisocial behavior. I think most importantly, they believe it's risking a repeat of the original crime, which would lead to another reign of terror, something that no one can tolerate. Leslie is no longer thought of as an individual, but rather as a representative of the Manson family. She cannot escape that label, even though the people in the Manson family were not related. It was a group of criminals, not a family. I think the term family only strengthens the idea that Leslie is permanently part of that group. In addition, during her trial, Leslie appeared to be arrogant, self-centered, callous, and lacked remorse. She had completely adopted the Manson family values. If she had immediately distanced herself from the Manson family and demonstrated remorse, the outcome would have been much different for her. Leslie's rejected parole recommendations appear to be based on the idea that she's a continued threat to society because she lacks insight into the risk factors that led her to homicidal behavior. I find it interesting that the parole board members believe that she does have insight, but the two governors do not believe that she does. The governors are not the only ones who oppose Leslie's parole. I think people just get stuck on this idea that Leslie made this transition from upper middle class to participating in notorious murders. Just because she seemingly traversed a large gap in social status to become a killer doesn't mean that she is somehow worse than any other killer. I don't think that Leslie Van Houten will ever understand why she followed the orders of Charles Manson. If insight is required to be released, then she better get comfortable in prison. I think a major contributor to Leslie's behavior was Charles Manson. She would not have become a criminal without him. Leslie was exposed to his teachings and to large quantities of LSD at the same time, which is probably something like trying to read about conspiracy theories while on a roller coaster. Distorted information is coming to an individual who has distorted perception. Charles Manson believed that there would be a race war. He claimed he knew this because the Beatles were sending him messages through songs on one of their albums. He also found information about this war in the Book of Revelation. Charles Manson wanted to commit murders in an effort to show participants in the race war how to murder, like they had all the ingredients for war, but they did not know how to kill. 
Leslie believed that she would live with the Manson family for over 50 years in the desert after the race war started. When the 50 years was up, they would be transformed into deities and take control over the earth for whatever reason. I guess the war created a lot of vacant supervisory positions. Leslie believed that in her deity form, she would be three inches tall and grow wings like a fairy. I guess like Tinkerbell from Peter Pan. Charles Manson told Leslie and other followers that they needed to become empty and dead so he could refill them with his love. He demanded unwavering devotion. A key part of his plan was to make his followers feel ashamed. They were not to trust their own feelings or intuition. He told them that their sense of morality was incorrect. They had been manipulated by their parents into believing something that was not true. They needed to learn a new version of morality based on his teachings. Mental health clinicians who have assessed Leslie have repeatedly endorsed her suitability for release. A few examples. In 1980, a mental health clinician said that Leslie was genuine. In 1985, a clinician said that Leslie was no longer delusional. She was a well-rounded adult who would never again involve herself in antisocial behavior. And in 1989, a clinician said that Leslie was free from significant mental disorder and had an extremely low level of dangerousness. It would appear that Leslie has changed quite a bit in prison. She moved away from delusional thoughts inspired by Charles Manson. Some people believe that Leslie's homicidal behavior may have been caused by shared psychotic disorder. Charles Manson was psychotic and he transmitted it to Leslie. She invested in his delusions. This theory is supported by the fact that Leslie appeared to be delusional during the murders and during her first trial, but before she was tried again, she had completely changed. Whatever may have been going on with Leslie at that time, mental health clinicians would later say that she doesn't have any significant mental health problems, as I mentioned. This brings me to the final question. Should Leslie be released? I think that she should be released. Her crimes were certainly horrible, but one cannot underestimate the influence of a cult leader like Charles Manson. Leslie was in a vulnerable place, and he took advantage of her. She has done just about everything right while serving her time. No one disputes the fact that she is a model prisoner. It really does appear as though her connection to a high-profile case is the reason that she remains in prison rather than her actual level of rehabilitation. I think she should be granted her separation from the Manson family. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.